1: Hello Giants fans and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show comes to you about 24 hours after the Giants lost in overwhelming, ugly fashion to the Dallas Cowboys by a score of 35-17. to We'll have lots of, of reactions and thoughts on that game for you as we move along here on the show. First, I wanted to uh, make sure that you guys had listened to the, uh, the latest edition of the Chris and Joe show, which dropped just a little bit after Sunday's game. Uh, Chris Flum and Joe DeLeon dropped a, a show giving you some quick hits, quick reaction, quick thoughts on the Giants' loss on Sunday to Dallas. Uh, Chris and Joe, of course, are doing a new show that debuted here this month. Hope that you guys have checked that out, and if not, that episode. It's a short one, maybe 15 minutes or so. That's a great episode for you guys to uh, to get an introduction to that new show. So please give that uh, a listen. You can find uh, Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications, You can also check it out on BigBlueView.com. Just look for the Big Blue View radio link, and all of our shows are listed under there. So please be sure to to check it out. As always, we appreciate your support. Please remember also, if you have an option to review the show uh, on whatever your favorite podcast application is, please do that. We love your feedback. We hope you'll give us a good rating that obviously helps us, so uh, please do that if you if you have that opportunity. Anyway, Giants fans, let's get back to uh, to talking about Sunday's debacle in Dallas. A couple of things that we're going to do today. A little bit later on in the show, I'm going to play a clip for you from head coach Pat Shermer. What Shermer's going to be discussing in that clip is is the the usage or lack of usage of running back Saquon Barkley. So we'll talk quite a bit about that. Um, Also want to uh, let you guys know that uh, a good portion of this show is going to be an interview that I did with Patricia Traina of Lockdown Giants, several other platforms, as well as BigBlueView.com. As we both, you know, try to understand, try to figure out what we saw on Sunday from your New York Giants. First, Giants fans, let me play um, a quick clip for you from Pat Shermer discussing the uh, the Saquon Barkley situation. Let me set that up. Actually, let me set that up a little bit first. Obviously, Barkley carried only eleven times on Sunday. You know, you don't get a whole lot of carries per se in a game when you're behind by three scores or four scores. So that is a little bit understandable. What's really not understandable is why Barkley didn't touch the ball more in the first half. Let me play uh, Let me play the, the Shermer clip for you. Then we'll come back and we will discuss uh, that particular aspect of Sunday's game.
2: We only had four possessions in the first half and the third one was a two-minute drive. So it really was three possessions, and I think you know of our first 17 plays, he touched the ball six times. You know, so obviously uh, we want we want more plays, more possessions, and a couple of the things we did were zone reads, where they covered him and we threw the ball with success. So you know, those are those are the things that you're going to see. Obviously, it was his first game playing in full action, and I thought he you know he did a good job. It's always good to keep him involved throughout. Um, but the way the first half, and I know that was a question from last night as well, the way the first half played out was only four possessions. You know, a couple reasons for it. You know, they, they controlled the ball on us by making their third downs, and, you know, we didn't convert, um, you know, and again, we had the one drive, then we got down there and, and got stopped, and then, you know, we got to do a better job of when we get down there getting points, uh, and that changes things. But... You know, you don't go into it thinking that he's not going to touch the ball. That's just sort of how that first half played out.
1: So that was Coach Pat Shermer discussing the lack of usage of Saquon Barkley on Sunday. And to be honest with you, that's kind of a non-answer answer answer from Shermer. He really didn't, uh, didn't say that he made a mistake, that the Giants should have used Barkley more. You know any of you know that they could have gotten him the ball in uh, in more critical situations. To be honest with you, I'm just not buying anything that Shermer says about that particular topic. The reality of it is that uh, the Giants had three drives after their opening touchdown drive, and I think you know Barkley touched the ball. Only a handful of times, I think he had two carries the rest of the half, maybe a pass reception, but I think there were only three touches in something like 19 snaps. I'm not buying that you can't get the ball to Barkley in the two-minute drill. You know, that's That, to me, is utter nonsense. I mean, Barkley has to be a key part of your two-minute offense. He's a tremendous pass receiver. He's your biggest weapon. He's your best playmaker. He's your guy who can create things in open space. The Giants' plan was obviously to kind of dink and dunk their way down the field and try to get into position for either a field goal or a Hail Mary attempt. Why not throw a couple of those little checkdowns to to Saquon and see if he can can break a little bit, you know, break a big play or get a few extra yards, get you a little bit closer, get you in position for Aldrich Rosas to kick a field goal. If you know, the Giants came up about 5 yards short, you know, of an opportunity perhaps to get Rosas into uh into field goal range, you throw one of those to Barkley, maybe he gets you those five yards. I'm just not buying that. And I'm not buying this idea that, well, it just played out that way, that, that Saquon didn't touch the ball enough. To me, that's silly. Your Shermer has said in the past, and we've heard other coaches say in the past, that it's about the players, not the plays. And you know, one of the things that needs to be at the very top of your laminated. Color coded play card when you're Pat Shermer and you have Saquon Barkley and he's your best player is remember to give Saquon the football. Not, well, gee, I have this tricky fullback run that I'll use on, on fourth and on third and two. And, and maybe it's a good idea to sprint out a 38 or 39 year old quarterback and, and see if he can use his legs maybe to, to get us a first down on fourth and one. How about we give the football at least one of those plays to one of our best players? And how about when we fail to do that, how about some accountability? How about we say, hey, that was a mistake? You know, we have to make sure that we give Saquon the football. We have to make sure that our best players have the opportunity to make plays for us in the most critical situations and we failed to do that on Sunday, we'll try to be better going forward. That's that's what you would hope for, but we didn't get that from Pat Shermer. And let's be honest, I like Pat Shermer. I think that Pat Shermer has done a lot of good things for the New York Giants. I think he and Dave Gettleman have, have made some progress in building this roster, in moving the... Uh, the in fixing the culture, in sort of moving the needle forward, and, and perhaps in in pointing the Giants in the right direction for the future. But come on, Pat, I didn't like that answer. Take some accountability when you make a mistake, and and you obviously did that on Sunday. You have to use your best player in the most critical situations, and honestly, you know, Shermer failed to do that on Sunday. With that said, Giants fans. The offense was obviously not the biggest issue on Sunday. The biggest issue on Sunday was the Giants' defense. Five straight scores by Dallas, you know, beginning with their second possession, none of which were cheap scores, all of which came on drives of 75 or more yards. The Giants had no answers for Dallas, completely unable to cover wide receivers, tight ends in the passing game unable to get any pressure on Dak Prescott, very discouraging performance from a young defense that we knew would be a question mark heading into the season. You know, all we can hope for at this point with that defense is that, you know, these are young players. Hopefully they're as talented. Hopefully their futures are as bright as Dave Gettleman believes that they are. And all you hope for is improvement at this point. You hope that they learn from their mistakes, that they get better, that this is kind of a barometer, that it sets the the low bar per se for the Giants, and that these players improve from here. You know, that DeAndre Baker learns from this, that Dexter Lawrence learns from this, that all of the, the, the young defenders learn from this game and get better from here on out. Because if they don't, then this is going to be a long, long season for the New York Giants and there's no way that Eli Manning, Saquon Barkley, and the Giants offense will be able to score enough points to, to make up for that if they have to score 35 or 40 points every week to try to win football games. A couple of injury notes for you. Pat Shermer talked on uh, on Monday afternoon and said that Sterling Shepard is now in the concussion protocol that could be a really bad thing for the New York Giants, considering that with Golden Tate already suspended, serving the second game of his four-game suspension this week against the Buffalo Bills, the Giants could well be without both of their starting wide receivers in a game that, uh, having lost in Week 1, in a game that they really, really need to win in order to to avoid having this season you know once again spiral out of control you know before the giants actually get a chance to get started here so uh hope you know we'll see what happens there other injuries kevin zeitler had a shoulder kareem martin had a sprained knee the zeitler injury um, doesn't sound serious but we'll have to see coaches will always downplay injuries so we'll see what happens there as the week goes along and uh we'll you know we'll cross our fingers and hope for the best but it looks like sterling shepherd probably won't be playing on sunday so the giants will uh will have to uh, perhaps lean more heavily on saquon barkley which to be honest is not a bad idea they just have to remember you know in circling back to that idea they just have to remember who their best player is on offense and they have to remember That, you know, forget the play card. Once in a while you have to just call Saquon's number no matter what play it is. Try to block it up and see if you can make something happen. All right, Giants fans, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And I'll come back with an interview that I did with Patricia Traina as we delve a little bit more deeply into the Giants game on Sunday against the Cowboys.
0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Okay, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Patricia Traina of Locked On Giants, Big Blue View, Forbes, and a host of other places. As we look back at the debacle against Dallas on Sunday Patty, as you think back on uh, on, on Sunday's game, do, do you understand anything about what you saw Sunday afternoon?
3: <laughs> and I, I'm still sitting here, you know, and, and as we record this, it's about a little more, almost 24 hours since kickoff. And I've looked at film. I've looked at stats. I've looked at the write-ups that we did on Inside Football. And I still feel like I'm missing something and I don't know what that miss- that something is. I mean, I-, I think what bothered me most about yesterday was the personnel deployment. Not so much, you know, the play calls, the gambles and stuff like that, but the deployment. You know, we, we talk about Saquon Barkley and why he wasn't in there and-, and how, you know, oh, you know, we ran a two-minute drill. Since when is your best player not part of of everything you do. I mean, I'm still trying to reconcile that. You know, we talk about on defense, oh, we're going to rotate, you know, Antonio Hamilton and DeAndre Baker, two two players who, as I mentioned, um, didn't get a whole lot of playing time in preseason games. Whereas Julian Love and Corey Valentine, two guys that did, were basically on the bench for the defense. And I just... Do not understand the logic behind this. I mean, help me understand. What am I missing?
1: All right, so so Patty, I really don't know. I've been looking under all the rocks trying to find the answer to that question, and, and, and I just don't know. You know, the one thing that, that I will say about Sunday is you entered Sunday's game understanding that the Giants are a developing team, that they're maybe not at the level of the Cowboys as of yet you know you're looking at the defending NFC East champions and you cross your fingers and you hope for an upset or whatever but you really hope to come out of of Sunday's game with something you can feel optimistic about as you as you think back on it you know I I didn't find a whole lot to be optimistic about. I, I mean, is is there anything that you came out of the game, you know, feeling at least remotely good about?
3: Well, you know, this is how I look at it, Ed. I have compared this Giants team and what they did in the offseason to a garden. And basically what they did in the offseason was they weeded out a bunch of, I guess, I don't want to call them weeds because that's just, That sounds so harsh, but they weeded out parts of the garden that they didn't feel would make it attractive and and award-winning. And they replaced it with a bunch of seeds and saplings that they feel once they grow and take root in the systems that they have, will. So, as with any garden, it takes time for it to take root. Now, with that said, you know... Sometimes you need for you need to prune the garden a little bit. You need to to make adjustments to it. You need to to say, okay, you know what, this flower isn't growing as well in this spot. We maybe have to move this flower over here where it's going to grow better. And I just felt like the the personnel deployment, some of the decisions made, and some of what these guys were being asked to do. Maybe you got to go back to square one a little bit, you know, because it is, you know, and I'm talking about defense here. It is a young defense. All right. For the most part. Yes, they have some, some veterans, but for the most part, it is a young defense before you can ask these guys to do complex stuff or anything like that. You've got to make sure they're all, you know, heading in the right direction. And I just don't know that that's the case right now.
1: Agreed Patty. No. Question: As we talk about the defense, you know, we heard so much about the success of of James Betcher in Arizona. I think he had three straight years of, of top ten defenses. And nobody wants to overreact to one week of the season and say, "Oh, they're going to be terrible." And Pro Football Focus says they're the they're the worst defense in the league, other than the Miami Dolphins, which after one week they probably are. But Are you at all at this point, you know, beginning to be concerned about James Betcher at all?
3: I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. And, you know, look, the the man knows a lot more about defense than I ever will. um, Unless I were to sit and do 24 hours straight for several weeks to get caught up. But, you know, you see the same things. You see blitzes that don't work. And 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 just, just to back up a little bit, this defense, the whole makeover of this defense is they got rid of guys that weren't necessarily better guys. They brought in Olsen Pierre. They brought in um, Marcus Golden. They brought in Antoine Bethea. They already had Kareem Martin. These are all, quote-unquote, guys who, who were supposed to help with this acclimation for the guys that maybe were new, the younger guys. And you just didn't see it. Now, I know some of that has to fall on the younger players, but you just, I guess, th- thought that they would be a little further along than they were. And and like I said, you know, y- you start looking at, oh, we're going to alternate between Hamilton and, and, um, and Baker. You sit there and you say, what are you doing, man? You had two guys that played in the preseason that looked pretty good. What am I missing? You know? So I uh, just some of the things that they've done on defense, some of the decisions. Um, you know, I just feel like Betcher is trying to recapture what he had in Arizona. Different players, okay, different type of setup here. I don't think you're gonna necessarily capture it verbatim or, or exact the way you had it. And I and I think when you live in the past that you that prevents you from growing in the future. And that's what I think is happening with Betcher in this defense.
1: Well, you start to wonder Arizona had Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson and Taran Matthew and, and, and a lot of these guys and Dion Buchanan when he was at his best and, and the giants just don't have that. You've got to, As you said, Patty, you've got to look at what you have and, and utilize it the way that, uh, you know the the best way that you can betcher said something in his last press conference i think before the Dallas game he said well he said we're just going to call what we call and and that sort of raised a little bit of a red flag with me that's like well that's just you're just going to call whatever you want to call and 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 basically cross your fingers and and hope that that guys can can execute it how about drilling down and making sure that you know exactly what guys can do and trying to do that?
3: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, that's tough to tell because, you know, even though they practiced these guys, and I asked Alec Ogletree about this on on the conference call Monday. I said how much of it was the fact that you guys as a defense didn't play a whole lot together in the preseason games? Because we all know, I think everybody can agree, that the speed – in the preseason games is a lot quicker than in a practice. You can simulate it as best as you can in practice, but you're never going to quite get it exact. And Tree kind of admitted, he said, you know, yeah, you know, the, it's not the same, but you know, we practiced together, we worked on stuff, but you know what? It, it's kind of like when you're recording or when you're recording something, you know, like I'll, I'll give you an example. When I record my podcasts if I flub a line or I lose a train of thought or whatever, I can go back and edit it. And nobody knows that I've flubbed. When I'm doing something live, that's a different story. If I flub or say the wrong thing, it's out there. You guys know that it's out there. You know, I can't go back and erase it. So I just see it as the same thing with the defense because you can practice it. You can correct stuff in practice. Now you get out there and, and if you make a mistake, because of something that you don't quite get or you know the communication isn't on on you know where it needs to be it's it's out there for everybody to see that you screwed up
1: yes it is Patty Patty let's let's spin forward just a little bit here the Giants have the, the Buffalo Bills coming up on Sunday and, and once again you know we're staring at at the possibility of 0-2 um, you know, we're looking at all of the things with the Giants that that would come with that, which would of course be all of the questions about Eli Manning and and Daniel Jones and 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 all of those things. When you look at just you've got Buffalo, you've got Tampa Bay, you've got Washington coming up. Do you do you feel like, you know, Dallas being the best team that the Giants should play theoretically out of that group? Do you feel like there should still be some, some optimism, you know, th- that, uh, that the Giants, you know, can, can kind of get this thing turned around in the right direction? Or, or, or do you just right now feel like, feel like we could be headed for a mess again?
3: You know, it's too soon to tell. I, I want to see how the team responds this week. You know, what do they say? You know, how do they practice? Now, we don't get to see practice, of course, so we kind of have to take the, the word of the coaches on how well they're practicing. But, you know, you'd like to think that, okay, they've got a, you know, a solid leadership, a veteran leadership who shouldn't, you know, theoretically let this team, you know, get too down, too high or whatever. But the proof is going to be in the pudding. They have to come out on Sunday at home against the Buffalo Bills team which you got to imagine is riding high after they they came back from a 16-0 deficit against the Jets and the Giants have to show them that hey this is our home we're the kings you guys aren't going to walk all over us if they don't do that ed then it's going to be pretty tough for them to to climb out of that hole not just you know in terms of the Xs and Os but if you don't come back and win at your home, especially after you were just embarrassed on the, on the national game of the week, um, that's not good. And I, I, I have concerns about, you know, how they're going to respond. So I will be watching that very closely and hoping for the best
1: you and me both patty i you know i i would hope to uh, at least for a while this year i would hope to to be covering a team that's that's playing some some meaningful football games and not just you know biding our time waiting for the season to be over with and 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 waiting for a quarterback transition to take place so let's cross our fingers and hope for better on sunday amen Patty, with that, you know, thank you very much for joining me, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll talk again soon, and uh, hopefully, it'll be uh, in a little bit more pleasant circumstances.
3: Fingers crossed, Ed, because look, I mean, I I get it, Giant fans out there, they're they're getting restless. I mean, it's the same thing as it was last year, and and you know, the year before that, and it's just time that. The fortunes change, and the Giants, they're in control of their destiny, and and only they can fix what ails them. We can sit here and we can debate this all we want. We We can play armchair GM or head coach all we want. At the end of the day, it's up to them to fix what's not working and to recognize what's not working.
1: All right, Patty, thanks again. You're welcome. Okay Giants fans good stuff as always there with Patricia Trana, our good friend former co-host at Locked On Giants where yours truly was a while ago before uh, coming here to Big Blue View Radio and uh, more or less striking out on my own as we build our own uh, our own group of podcasts here to to complement what we hope you enjoy at, uh, at Big Blue View, and also at our Instagram page at Big Underscore Blue, our Twitter account at Big Blue View. We hope you, uh, you subscribe to all of those. We hope you listen to our shows here on all of your favorite podcast applications. We thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of.